Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Hello, OKC Community. Wow, can you believe it? We are here on week number two of Church at Home and... I don't know about you, but I feel like I need to take a deep breath. And so let's just do that together as we begin this one. Let's breathe in. I need to do that again. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been pretty worn out, and there's a lot going on that I know, um, man, it's just, it's, it's a crazy time. And I just want to say as we begin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing online. If you're listening on the podcast, wherever you're at, we're so thankful for you. We know we are not alone. We're in this together. Uh, and we also know that we have a God who's right there by our side. And I, I just want to welcome you. By the way, this is the upper room. Welcome to the upper room. If you've ever wondered what's up that spiral staircase in the front office, this is it. So welcome. We're so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I got my friend Steven back behind the camera, and I'm loving today, and I'm glad to get to be with you at your home, if you're by yourself or with a family, whoever you're with. Um, just thank you for being here today. And, um, you know, fun fact for you today, my friends, today our church turns seven years old. So this is like, woot, woot, yes. And so just tell your friends, if you're, tell, just look at the person next to you right now and say, happy birthday, because it's all of us. Say happy, yes, say happy birthday, happy birthday. If you're by yourself, say happy birthday self. We are seven years old, and it has been an amazing seven-year journey, and I'm so thankful for it. And a few weeks ago when I was thinking about this day, I was thinking, oh, I want to do this cool piece on the number seven, because theologically seven has just crazy meaning. It's so good. It's the year of the Lord's favor. It means fulfillment. It means completeness. It means wholeness. And I was going to do this whole thing, but then I thought, you know what? No, I'm just going to celebrate today that we're seven. God has been good. I'm just going to let you know about, you know, there's some, there are a few traditions that come along with turning seven. One of them is the fact that uh, I think you're supposed to uh, send lots and lots of gifts to your pastor. Um, I know it's kind of weird, but I think it's in Leviticus. You can look it up. You can check my facts on that. I think I'm right. I'd usually have someone else talk about this, but I'm here by myself, so, you know, obviously I'm playing, and I just want to say, man, God has been good. God has been so good over these seven years. I, I'm so thankful for what God's done. I'm thankful for you. If you came in 2013 or you've come in 2020, God has been bringing together an amazing group of people to be the church in our city for this time, and man, God is so good, and it's no surprise that he's good, because he's always been good. He will always be good, and I just celebrate, celebrate him today. Well, I want to get to something else that's really good. You know, um, you know, Psalm 23 has been speaking to my heart, and, and I just want to say, if you know, what we've designed for our online experience uh, is that you would actually go through all five steps. So if you're the type of person that goes quick, goes quick to, to click, hit play, I would just say, you know, maybe consider hitting pause and make sure you go through all five steps, because one of those steps... Um, is to read God's Word, and Psalm 23 is, is the passage that we're uh, reading today that I'm going to teach from, and it's just so good, and, and it's been on my heart this week, and I thought I would share uh, a little bit from it, but if, if, if Psalm had a list of the greatest hits, right, 
like Psalm 23 would be like not only top five, but by some, it's clearly the number one song. And, and you know, everybody has their favorite psalm, but Psalm 23 is, is a cherished one. It's not only one of the greatest psalms, but it's one of the greatest literary pieces in human history. It's just a, it's a beautiful psalm, and I want to walk through a few lines of it. Uh, but the psalm begins with this statement, these five words, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, there's a lot going on in those five words that are really good for us today. David, who wrote this psalm, like he was a shepherd, like he was a real shepherd. He grew up, he understood what it meant to be a shepherd. He understood the relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. He got it all. And the shepherd was everything to the sheep. The shepherd was the protector, the provider, the guide. Sheep were even branded, right? They were tagged with with uh, the identity of that sheep to the shepherd. And so the depth of this short line, is, it's quite staggering. The Lord is my shepherd. It was this reliance that, that the need that the sheep had for the shepherd was a matter of life and death. I mean, sheep would literally walk up, walk up a cliff if they were, didn't have a shepherd, right? They would fall into a raging river. They would starve themselves to death. A sheep literally will start eating a patch of grass, and they'll eat all the grass until there's nothing left but dirt, and they won't go on to find new grass. No, they'll stay right there in the dirt and just start wandering in circles until they die. They need a shepherd to actually lead them to new grass. That's how dependent we need, uh, we are to have a shepherd in our lives. And so declaring the Lord is my shepherd was a declaration of dependence. In our, in our nation, we love to celebrate our declaration of independence, right? And not just as a nation, but as people. We love and feel pride in our independence. And we do this as people. And David understood his role in life. Even as the king, you got to remember he was the king, right? He was actually, his role was to declare his dependence, to declare God as his shepherd, the owner of his life, the caretaker of his soul, and the guide to all things. So then David, he writes this line, right? Uh, That the Lord is my shepherd. Then he goes on and he says the second line, I shall not want. I mean, this line is striking. We are told to want all the time, aren't we? It's largely what keeps us busy and going in life, whether it be wanting new things or wanting to excel and become better at something. But these days that we're in right now, we are wanting all sorts of new things, aren't we? The things we wanted three or four weeks ago, are we're not even thinking about those things. We're thinking about new things, but we still want. We want to be free of this COVID-19 season. Our families want our kids to have normalcy. Our kids want to have the freedom out of their houses. Um, There's so so many things that we want right now. Our wants are different. But I wonder if we're still on the hunt, just like we've always been. It's just we're hunting for new things. Are we hunting for different things? Are we still scrolling, you know, for the thing that we want? What if we could rest from wanting? What if we could, what if the things that we wish we could change about ourselves, maybe this season is the very season that those things could actually change, the things we don't know how to change. And I, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the way I've, I'm feeling over these last few days and weeks, um, thinking about the emotions going on within me. And as we go through really this different season of unprecedented sort of um, 
disruption, if you will. And I, I've been paying attention to my emotions, and I actually realize I'm a pretty emotional person, which may come as a surprise to some of you. Um, but I have a lot of stuff going on within me, and, and I'm sure you do too. And the emotions are working their way through my body as well. You know, I'm feeling it sometimes, like in my, the tension in my muscles or the tension in my shoulders or, because I have big muscles, by the way, um, or, or sometimes the pit in my stomach. But sometimes I also have this really, really amazing peace of God that comes rushing through my body. And those are, those are really good moments. But one of the emotions I've felt within myself and I've seen in my kids and I've talked with other people about is this feeling of disappointment right now. Uh, a few months ago, I was just thinking about the story, but a few months ago, our, our family went skiing and it was Grayson's first time to go skiing. And we got him all the ski gear. We got him, you know, signed up to go uh, to ski school. And I was sure by the end of the trip, you know, all four of our kids and I'd be going down the mountain with all of them. It was going to, we were very excited about it, right? And so we get to the mountain and the day before we go skiing, Grayson starts feeling sick and he has a fever. Now this is pre-coronavirus, so this was just the good old-fashioned flu, you know? Remember when that's all we had to worry about? That was just like a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know. Does February feel like, you know, a year ago to anyone else? It does to me, but I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago that I could go to Walmart, right? And I could just... When, I would, when it was just the good old-fashioned flu season, and I would grab that shopping cart with so much confidence, I would be like, you know, let's go, let's do this thing. Now, now I went to Walmart the other day, and I was, like, I, was, I was like freaking out. I had so much anxiety. Like, I grab the cart, I wipe it down, and then I'm pushing the cart through the store with just, like, my fingers, you know? I'm like, coronavirus is every... I don't, I don't know, but I, I miss February is my point. You know what I mean? Like, I miss good old-fashioned flu. Um, anyway, back to my ski story, right? Grayson ended up being sick the entire trip. He never got out on those skis. We never got that trip down the mountain. He was disappointed. I was disappointed. You know, we don't get to go to the mountains that often. We missed out on our, an opportunity. We missed out on something that we wanted. And I know a lot of us right now are disappointed. And it's way bigger than missing out on skiing. I've heard about people that are losing jobs, um, kids and students that are, feel like they're, they're disappointed because they're missing out on the, on the school, things that they wanted to do, graduations. Some of us are missing out on really important work, things that we were looking forward to. We're missing out on just relationships, dinner with friends, time with our church, worshiping together, doing life together. We're disappointed, we're scared, we're scared about the financial implications of all of this. We're probably in shock and fear and the disappointment, I understand it, it's real. But I just want to say that God is going to use this disruption for His purpose. He doesn't always cause the disruption and He certainly doesn't cause the brokenness or the sickness, but don't be fooled, nothing is wasted. God is still in control, God is still on the throne, God still is going to use this for His glory. And as far as you are concerned, you've been through more than you know and you can handle more than you think. So disappointment only creates opportunity for us to look elsewhere for our satisfaction. So I just wanna ask you, this is all under this idea of David said, I shall not want it, by the way. What, what are you looking at right now for your satisfaction? Like where, literally, where are your eyes going to answer you in this time of need? 
right now in these days, what are you looking at? What are you going to? You know, for the last couple of weeks, most of us have been looking at our phones, right? We've been just like, you know, if I could just one more scroll, one more article is going to give me the answers I need, what we're looking for, and as if one more meme will make us feel better, which by the way, the meme game has been pretty good, so maybe that will make us feel better. But what are you looking at, right? Is it your phone? Is it, is it Netflix to satisfy you? Is it food to get you by? Are you looking at the news to help you? Are you hoping leadership and government will be the answer? And some of you have faced deep challenges. Maybe you've lost your job or you're worried that you might. Listen, I just want to say disappointment only creates opportunity for you to look elsewhere for your satisfaction. I just want to remind you of a really great truth in Hebrews 12. It's just Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. It says, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So again, what are you looking at? What are your eyes on? Literally, what are you looking at? Keeping your eyes on Jesus can't be a metaphor in this time. It can't just be this idea. It has to be how we are literally putting our eyes on the life of Christ, the Word of God, how we are looking at His story, looking at His mercy and His grace daily, remembering the things that Jesus said. You know when He said things like, hey, you will face trouble in this world, but I have overcome the world. I am with you. We have to remember these things. We have to look at them. And so God, just know, just know this, God satisfies the hungry, the disappointed, and the discontent, if that's where you're at. And Jesus is our champion. He is the only one worthy of our attention, and our gaze right now. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus. So, my friends, can I encourage you, real practically, your eyes less on your phones and more on Jesus, whatever that looks like in your life. If I could make you amen right now, I would make you say amen to that, all right, if we were together. So David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then he goes on to write, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. I used to preach this and think, oh, you know, we're so busy and God wants to lead you to seasons of quiet and rest and this thought of this comforting idea of green pastures, quiet waters. But this week when I read it, I really thought about this line, he makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. We are being made to stop right now. So we must ask, what is all this stopping going to do within us? What does God want to do in and through me. I say this, and I want to be sensitive to some of you. Some of you aren't stopping at all. All this season has done for you is made everything crazier, busier, because you, you exist and you work and you live in the essential category or whatever it is you do, and it's only ramped up busyness for you and stress and work. And I just want to say, if that's where you're at, if that's what's going on in your world, we love you. We're thankful for you. Keep going. You can do this. God has you in this. Stay strong. And we're thankful. But some of you have been made to stop. And you're being made to lie down, so to speak. Now, in real life, we'll talk about sheep again. We'll call them sheeps, right? I like to put the S on there just for funsies, right? Real life sheeps, they actually struggle to lie down. They, they don't like to lie down. Anytime there's any disruption in their life, any sort of anxiety, if there's anxiety, if they, if they sense danger, if, they, if there's some tension in the flock, they won't lie down. They won't do it. And, and it's kind of relatable to you. Like, have you ever had trouble sleeping when you have anxiety? 
And we're all like, yeah, like last night. <laughs> you know what I mean? So w- we understand what that's like. And sometimes we have to be made to lie down. You see, what gives the sheep assurance to lie down is the presence of the shepherd. The sheep know that they can trust all is well when he is with them. And it's not just about lying down. It's about getting quiet, isn't it? I, I, you know, I realized something this week, you know, and all this stopping and all this uh, stopping business as usual, stopping my coming and my going. I'm stopping a lot, but I haven't actually necessarily turned down the noise. You realize that green pastures next to a raging river is only half right. <laughs> the noise is louder than ever, whether it be the news, the social media, the entertainment, whatever it is, we're still trying to cover up the quiet. Why are we trying to cover up the quiet? And if you haven't heard me yet, I'm telling you to turn down the noise somewhat. Quit feeding on the crisis and start feeding on the presence of God. Creating real and authentic space for your soul means turning off the noise so you can actually hear God's voice. God will speak, so we must allow this time that we are being made to lie down to also be a time where we quiet ourselves and listen. Because I believe he wants to do something in us, and it's tied to this verse number three. David says, he restores my soul. There's one other time that David talks about his soul in the Psalms. It's Psalm 42, 11. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And whenever a shepherd terminology talks about the, the word cast, what it's actually referring to is when a sheep is lying on its back and its legs are up in the air, flailing about like a beetle on its back, you know, like I've fallen and I can't get up kind of reality. Like that's when a sheep is cast. And when a sheep is cast, it's in a vulnerable place. It becomes easy prey for predators. And shepherds are always counting their flock to make sure that none of their sheep have fallen and become cast. Because when the shepherd comes and he finds them, he puts them back on their feet. And I just think that some of us need to see this picture today. Because I feel like some of us, we feel like things have kind of, we've kind of fallen. We've kind of uh, had an unexpected setback. And the cool thing about this, the shepherd does when he puts the sheep back up, sometimes I have to rub the legs to get the circulation going back in the legs. And the sheep might be wobbly as it starts to walk and fall over again, but the shepherd will put it right back up on its feet. And I just want to say that I think God does the same thing for us when we become uh, in this cast state. He'll pick us back up, put us back on our feet, and restore us. He restores our soul. And some of you, I hope you'll hear that today. This his message is intended to give you hope of how a good relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is intended to be. And so for anyone who feels like their life is a little bit out of whack, is that anyone? Anyone has a soul that is tired? Anyone who feels disappointed, angry, or lonely? You have a shepherd who cares for you, and he calls you his own. He will pick you up, he'll take care of you, and nothing is wasted. He will use this. One last line I want to touch on in the psalm, that amazing sentence in Psalm 23. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Even though I walk through. It's not a matter of will we have to walk through the valley. It's not a matter of some will have to walk through and some others. No, we are all walking through this. It's not a matter of even will I get through. No, we will get through. You will get through this. The question is, how will you get through this in a way that makes you better? 
I've had a few people mention to me if, or ask me if I'm worried about the church through all this. I've read some articles that are saying this could be the end of the church in America as we know it. And I just want to say, I, 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 in some respects, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> I, I'm choosing to believe that God is going to use this to bring the best out of us, that we won't be the same. The church will not be the same as a result of this, but in fact, it will be better that you and I will be better. You know, God has always done this with this church. You know, as His church, we are part of a story that has been going on for 2,000 years. We are part, and it's not just any story, it's a powerful movement. The church has been knocked down, criticized, misunderstood, but somehow the church has always endured. We keep going over centuries. The church has suffered. We've kept moving when the powers of the world have tried to stop us. The church has been hated by many, loved by many. Governments and empires have fallen, but somehow the church keeps going. The church has endured the Crusades, Dark Ages, Darwinism, the Black Plague, and this church will get it through this pandemic. Coronavirus has nothing on the church. We won't just survive it, we'll become better. Because no man, no power, no one can stop what God has started. The church will get through, friends. We always have and we always will. Because when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can say, I will fear no evil because He is with me. This will make us better, friends. God will bring the best out of you if you allow Him to. Remember, Jonah was at his best when he was in the belly of the fish. God brought the best out of him when he was thrown overboard and swallowed up. God brought the best out of him in that moment, and God will bring the best out of you, even if it's your darkest hour. And this isn't just about the church as God's people, but this is about your life as a person. I believe God is going to bring something out of you. Because not, it's not about if you will get through, but it's about how you will get through. We can get through this in a way that makes us better. Disappointment is an opportunity to make sure that we are looking at the right thing to lead us through. What are you looking at? Get your eyes on Christ. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I'm telling you, there's no better place to be than in the care of the good shepherd. What, what are you looking at? Remember, this is not a moment of independence, but a moment of dependence. We are not in isolation we are insulated by Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for my God is with me. God is for you. He will guide you, and he will take care of you. Let him lead you through this valley, for he is with you. I just want to pray for you. Would you just bow your heads as I pray? Father, I just want to pray right now for each and every person that's joining us here online. I pray for those who are experiencing disappointment. I pray for those who've lost jobs, who are losing money, who are losing other parts of important matters in their life. I pray for Pray this is not our moment of, of, of isolation and independence, but it's one of dependence, that we would keep our eyes on you, Father. Lord, of course, we pray for the sick globally. We pray for you that, um, we pray that your power would heal and remove sickness. Lord, we pray that as quickly as coronavirus came into this world, even more quickly you will take it away.
I pray for my friends that are watching and listening scattered across our city and beyond. May we be, be your church, the one that has endured it all. Awaken your people. Create a, a longing for more of you within us. God, we do declare today that you're good, and we thank you today that you're with us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. A couple quick reminders. Of course, go to step five, all the ways to engage in the things beyond this, uh, this teaching. You'll see all the, all the links to everything we're doing. One specific thing I want you to take note of, we are starting today, we are launching Jesus in the Scattered Church, our new Bible reading plan. You need to go check it out. It's, it's incredible. We got, we, got, uh, we got devotionals and we got of um, questions and of course is the Bible reading plan of John and Acts. Go check it out. It's all in step five. We love you guys. We're thinking about you. If you need anything, let us know. Signing off. Grace and peace, my friends. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, We'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.